So Luke and Josh, oh, I know, I start off every podcast, and so. <laughs> oh, we're live, we're doing it. We're live, we're doing it. I know, Josh pointed this out, like, a couple of episodes ago, it's just, like, a thing that I have, I guess, that every time we come on to the episode or we come back from break, I just say, so. It's, I think it's, it's fine. It's just, like. Josh has a problem with it. I don't want I, you do you, Sean. Okay, so I, to, to, to clarify, I... And I'm Josh. I am the one who edits the whole podcast, uh, which is, I don't know, as probably our listeners are are aware, it's not a lot of editing. You know, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, we leave much a, to my dismay. Yeah, to Luke, I would, we'd all sound so much better if I would just, I know. Over. But I just noticed a couple weeks ago that Sean starts the a lot of the lead ins with so and then a pause and then he starts talking. And I had started to edit those so's out of the podcast so you wouldn't hear those every time. And I mentioned it to Sean and, um, it's no, like can't, it's the only thing you can think but about. It's like now. it's like whenever like I remember when we were younger, our, our mother used to get mad at how much we would use like, and I still use like a lot when I'm speaking. But once you you point that out to somebody, it's in their head, then it just completely messes with how they speak, and then they just are constantly tripping over. Like even right now, I'm thinking about using the word like and how I shouldn't use the word like. So that so and I say so. I, I just yeah. was noting because Sean has the responsibility of leading in the podcast, and and that's how he starts. So, Sean is uh, uh I guess that that it's now a little, you're see, yeah, now, it's, now you're saying it's in his more. head. It's in his it's head. In Josh's head now too. Yeah, it's I know. in my head. I listened to a podcast like a few months back. I think it was on Freakonomics Radio. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to that one. It's been a bit, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there was like a podcast on like filler words. And it just, like, really gets you, like, self-conscious. It's not a bad yeah. thing to use filler words. We all do it. And I guess my, like, fatal flaw is to just start everything off with so. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, I, there are worse things, I will say. Yeah, there they, are worse things. You could say, I, I say, you know, a lot. You know. And, um, and <laughs> you know, stuff. You, you see? know. Yeah, see? You know. This I is, say right. I do say right a lot. I think that's, like, um. That's more like a European thing. Like that's a Gordon Ramsay type of thing. You just add yeah. every sentence off with the right. Or who? Or also is yeah, is like a way. Like you're you're almost asking to, for confirmation of what you just said, or you're forcing confirmation on somebody else. I'm not saying you do this, but I remember like I used to notice like Nate Silver when I used to listen to the Five Thirty Eight podcast way back when, which I haven't listened to in years. But he would always he would say something and then say right as if to con- like force confirmation from the other people he was speaking with. And I always thought that was kind of funny because he would say something like, oh, this model is, is this way, right? And then he would just keep moving on, you know. So, there, yeah, filler words. This is this is going to be an episode of just us being self-conscious about uh, filler words that we use. Yeah, well, whatever. There was a hockey <laughs> podcast, though, not about how do we talk. No, know? we're actually a geography podcast. I yeah, know. Geography. You guys see the, you guys see the snow? So, ah, speaking of it, did you guys see the snowstorm up in Yeah, I was jealous. Here? How much well, did like, you guys We get? didn't get much out. Well, out west, we didn't get much at all. Um, where yeah. I'm currently at in Westfield, we got like three inches maybe. Uh, but like Boston okay. got like 24 inches. So it really? was Really? Like, yeah. The east, very east part of Massachusetts got like slammed and out west, we got like nothing. I don't know if you saw Yeah, that. I was looking at, I was looking at all the snowfall maps or like projected total. Oh, so you're close to Springfield. Here, Here's my... Oh, we are doing geography. Yeah, geography. We should do meteorology. Yeah, right now I'm west of Springfield. Too. I'm on the okay. west side of the river right now. The the river. My, what is the in my river? Isolation. The Connecticut River. Connecticut River. Look at this river. <laughs> Goes through Hartford down 
Yes, that's how you know how Hartford's like the insurance capital of the United States. I did not know. It's kind of part of it because it was a key river for the uh, fur trade. Wasn't Charles Ives from Connecticut, Luke? I think he was. You know who Charles Ives is, Sean? No. He's a classic. Do you know? Do you know who Nick Benino is? I do know who Nick Benino is. Yeah. <laughs> he's from He's from Farmington. No, Charles he's Ives from was Farmington, a, Connecticut. A, a fairly famous modern, like early 20th century composer from America, and he was. He, I'm pretty sure he's from Connecticut. He's from Danbury. Danbury, and he was. He wrote just as a hobby a bunch of music um, that was very rarely performed, but he sold insurance as his day job. Which is why you mentioned Connecticut and insurance, and I'm just now making that connection because he was in Connecticut. Danbury is in we- southwestern Connecticut. That's New York. <laughs> it's still in Connecticut. <laughs> we, can, we can go into it, but like that's New York. It's New York. It's New York. So wh- what? When you get west of Hartford, and s- or is it is it west of New Haven, southwest of New Haven, that you're into New York? Then, yeah, that would be a good marker. Yeah. yeah. See, look at me. Look at me wow. over here. I'm I'm starting to learn. Starting. We well, have so the Metro North, are, are you familiar? You've never been in New York, right? No. The no. Metro North is like a train, and theoretically it does kind of come up to like Windsor and whatever, I think, or there's like Amtrak trains that will come up. But the Metro North is like very popular for people to uh, ride into the city on uh, to even kind of like commute for work. And the farthest stop you might do is like um, New Haven, possibly like Fairfield. I forget what order those two towns are in. I think New Haven's further. I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. New, New Haven is is further. Yeah. Wow. Yes. We're we're learning so much here. I know. But yes, I did see the, I did see the snowstorm and um it seemed fun. I think the biggest snowstorm we've ever lived through in Minneapolis or the metro was we got about 18 or 19 inches maybe 10 years ago, 11. Yeah, we actually at least in the Twin Cities we don't tend to get much more than like say a foot at most in any given time and we actually that's kind of still kind of rare i don't know we had there was a couple years ago we had a the, the first blizzard warning in minneapolis in 30 years or something and i think that got like 14 or 15 inches but no that was just because it was like 50 60 mile an hour no, wind. we got a ton of snow for that too we did yeah anyway but... so you didn't have to deal with any of the snow though sean no but you did see that the islanders and kraken did so yeah oh, okay yeah did, yes Weren't the Islanders this, the team? This wasn't becomes relevant. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. We all we, we circle around until we land on the actual the point of this, which is related to the <laughs> the Islanders and Kraken. Were they delayed? I guess I didn't quite remember that or catch that. You absolutely remember that. You were in a group chat with me when we talked about <laughs> that. <laughs> Wait, but yes, they on. got delayed. <laughs> They're playing on Wednesday. Oh, so the Kraken yeah, are okay, in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah. Did the New York trip? They played the Rangers yesterday and they lost. Or will it be two days ago for people that listen to this when it comes out? Um, but yeah, they did like the New York trip, and then they're gonna head up to. I oh, know, so they were in they were in New York, so they're supposed to play the Islanders on Saturday, and then the Rangers on Sunday, and then he- head over to Boston for Tuesday, and so instead now this kind of got rescheduled now to a Wednesday game on the second. So they played the Rangers yesterday. Okay. They're going to play the Bruins tomorrow, and they're going to play the Islanders on Wednesday. And I believe that will be their last games until the All-Star break. I see. Well, we should also address the fact that we're a day late here. Uh, so I guess our apologies as well. But Sean is uh, currently isolated. He's self-isolated. Are you on your own? You're just completely on your own right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. That's why I had meatballs and assorted cold raw vegetables. <laughs> for dinner 
for, for anyone who doesn't follow, you should go look at some of Sean's recent tweets because he's he's he, he purchased completely a, terrified. He's all alone, terrified, grocery shopping for the first time. He bought a party plate of vegetables <laughs> and fruits and fruits, fruits. pre cut fruits, pre cut vegetables and fruits. <laughs> The kind of for his own his own consumption, not to bring yeah. anywhere. It was I I I've given Sean a hard time though because when I was I didn't really start grocery shopping and knowing what I was doing until like maybe four years ago, which is kind of embarrassing. But I was uh, I I don't know, but I don't know that that's kind of on brand for us. We don't ever talk about this, but one of our earliest uh, claims to fame on hockey Twitter was how we don't like food, um, which uh, doesn't really we we shy away from that now because it makes people angry. When yeah. we talk about our opinions regarding food, we uh, we get a lot of hate um, for the general, and it's it's a nuanced thing. But anyway, um, yeah. So at least now, the Sean's Wi-Fi is working, and we're able to do the podcast, which is good. Yeah, it was really slow last night, and somebody delayed it. It was working better earlier in the evening, but <laughs> somebody delayed the oh, uh, somebody. <laughs> Who could? Uh, that it was, was the Josh's fault. You. It was Josh's fault. Yeah. Everything's my fault. It all comes back to, to blaming it on me. But yeah, um, editing, timing, yeah. anything. But what are we talking about? What's going on in the NHL? Well, uh, should we just start off with your with your Buffalo Sabers? <laughs> are we? Well, it, yeah, there was the most lopsided game, uh, and we've been tweeting about. I tweeted about this back in October when before the season started. I was looking at our uh, team point projection model which simulates like all future games and gives win probabilities. And I was like, oh, I wonder what the biggest, um, you know, underdog, like, you know, favorite is. And it was <laughs> the Sabres playing in Colorado after on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, and uh, they had an 80, at that time, I believe it was an 86 point five, 86 and something percent win for Colorado. Um, and then when, when we did the, the actual game came up yesterday, or yeah, yesterday. We're recording Monday night, uh, the thirty-first. Um, it was an eighty-four percent win percentage probability for Colorado because uh, I believe because McKinnon was out, um, which dropped it slightly. Um, uh, so and they it was a really silly game. We had them at eight, yeah eighty-four percent to win. I don't think our model had like I mean that's one of the biggest. Um, favorites I've ever seen the model output. I think the 86% one was like extremely high. Um, and yeah. And so it was a really funny, uh, close game for the first period. Cause they like were tied one, one after one period. And, well, it was into period two. I and, think, yeah. Into but... period two. And then, um, we had a really silly tweet about how the avalanche couldn't score on a five on three and how, <laughs> and how, how are they going to win the Stanley cup if they can't convert a five on three against the Sabres and, Lots of Colorado Avalanche fans were did not take that as a joke. They yeah. didn't understand that we were joking about that. It's been a bit, so, but uh, we have a hist- a bit of a history with Avs fans. Although we haven't, it hasn't come up in a while. But what, I think the last time was we got in some argument because people were mad when we didn't have McKinnon like as a heart favorite, and that really got people mad. Seems like our award stuff is really the the, yeah, the kernel did. for a lot of the um uh, a lot of the ire that we face uh, on Twitter, and yet we persevere. Yes, we we push through. We push through. <laughs> keep posting. You know, nothing nothing can back us down. But anyway, uh, the Sabers lost. Uh, yeah, so they lost. It would have been that would have been. We haven't done this, Luke. You were supposed to do this as a segment week to week. Was our biggest the our biggest, biggest upsets. upsets? Yeah, get that up really quick. <sighs> Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. Bye time. 
Uh, I also no, think, so we, we talked about this, I think privately, but I think it would be interesting to talk about this publicly. I don't think we ever talked about this on the podcast when it comes to like game probabilities. So it's kind of like out there that basically roughly speak as a general rule, like only 62% of hockey results are, or NHL results are of skill. And like, there's like 38% luck. And there's kind of like a cap at like your ability to predict games at like 62%. There might be something out there on meta hockey, and it's like if you divide like the luck then in half, like you're you're basically saying that there's a, like like ne- a negative share of luck for the Sabers at like an eighty four percent. Like it's just kind of a weird theoretical conundrum when you get to like that high of a game probability. Yeah, I I think, and I'm trying to think. I don't know if it's exactly. Well, I think it was Michael Lopez who had a study, I, I believe. But then there's been some other stuff that yeah, it's somewhere between I think sixty to sixty percent is I think the theoretical ceiling for accuracy on game on game outcome predictions, which is more. We should go find the source for that because I've been meaning to try to figure out where that. And it would be it, it'd be really good to redo it just to see if it's changed. Yeah, just at to all. replicate because it. Because at least I mean, this season for anybody who has been paying attention to the game projection models or any of the log loss or evaluation figures, the models this year are doing really, really well overall. They're like usually if in back testing, like when you do kind of resampling for you know for these kind of models, you get a log loss if you're getting under six seven. Like that's pretty good. So like it's point six. I don't know. This the log loss doesn't mean anything, but it's specific to the domain or the area or what the numbers are. Um, and so as you get lower, you get better. Um, but it's very like within. I think like a what's a coin flip? Like six eight five. I can't quite uh, remember. Yeah, it's something like. Here I can just quickly. Yeah, look. Luke stall or no, I'm supposed to stall. Why, Luke? <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Luke stall. I'm, I'm, no, Luke, look it up. I'm stalling. No. Uh, what I was what I was saying, so it, it but the last at least this season is even better than last year. I think last year was somewhere in like the six fives. Is that where the model? Yeah, was it was like six point six five something, like point six five to point six five five somewhere I, in I there. I think right now the models are getting down to point six four. Yeah, um, which is doesn't sound like a lot, but point oh one uh, in log loss figures is is very big. Like if you drop from. 0.68 to 0.67 that could be the difference between a model that makes you money and one that doesn't for instance or, or like you lose money on I should say um, and so that I guess getting back to this idea is I wonder if in recent seasons if there's been a train a, a trend of like maybe being more accurate or having more like not as much luck necessarily I guess would be maybe the way to say it because of the how models have been doing much better the last two years but maybe I'm just like off base here yeah, I mean, it's a pretty small sample, right? But, like, this season really feels like there's a lack of parity. Like, it feels yeah. like there's less parity this season than, like, at least the recent seasons even. And then especially if you go back, like, a decade. Like, this season, the East is already solved. They're, they might fight out for placement within their divisions. But, like, the East is so, especially the Atlantic, is so just far separate. And then, like, the West, you sort of have, like, a wild cut race for, like, the last spot. But, like, there's seven spots that are already solved and we're in – we're going to be in February when this comes out. Yeah. yeah. I, and the, the long loss through the season. on a coin flip, I believe, is, is uh, .693. Okay, I was a little ish. low. So, yeah, that sounds a little bit. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, but it has been really weird. It seems like a lot of the favorites have been winning a lot more. Um, and it might just be because – um, I, I don't know if, if it's models getting better at predicting game outcomes or maybe teams are, are optimizing their kind of end-of-the-year strategies more. So if, say, for instance, like if Arizona 
Buffalo and Montreal were now actively tanking, they would want to lose and they would put the worst rosters they could out. And if that's the case, then teams are optimizing to lose and teams are optimizing to win, which could be one of the reasons in more recent seasons we've seen the average or the log loss on game predictions be lower. Um, I'm not really sure if that's the case, but it does kind of seem like we're, especially with like, I don't know, a lot of the top teams right now we're seeing, I mean, at least from my model now, granted, or our model, excuse me. Yeah, uh, come on. (laughs) uh, We... um, I'm seeing pretty a lot more extreme predictions than I had initially thought. Um, I would see based on what we saw in like training the model. Um, so I'm I'm not sure kind of what it is, but yeah, it's it's pretty interesting seeing how the markets are um, kind of much lower than historical like trends in in game predictions. So that 62% accuracy threshold, it would be interesting to try to replicate that to see if um, it's changed or to see kind of if it has what the trends in that were um, now i'm not sure what the uh, method for that was and we really should have a source on that but i i <laughs> you're I mean, supposed I to you could, i was stalling you could do it different ways like i think vox yeah. has done it even just like you look at like standings points at the end of the day which is like a little bit more of a i guess not like a vague i'm searching for the word but it's like it's not gonna be as terribly mathematical i don't know yeah. like it's always theoretical right so how do you get yeah. there is different but i think yeah we've seen over the last few years, like multiple different ways of getting to somewhere around 62. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then to get back to your point, Sean, about parity, it's kind of funny to look at the, the goal differential, like kind of per per team. And I think like you'd mentioned off air, but like the, when we were arguing about this before, (laughs) but the, I think the Canadians, so I, if you just look at like goal differential spanning back to like say 10 years, um, or at least like nine years or something like it's kind of funny because the I, I had forgotten this but the uh the the podcast favorite 2019-2020 red wings had one of the worst i think they may was that a record i don't quite remember but their goal differential in the 1920s yeah it was 122 goals <laughs> or uh, i think it was negative on, differential maybe it was on pay it, maybe it was just on pace for it if you prorated yeah, it to an 82 yeah. game yeah because yeah you, it goes it, really bad so like that's kind of the, i think the bar if we're actually com- going to compare but right now the canadians are on pace to beat that i mean like that they're mm-hmm. i think they prorated an 82 game out to like oh, 136 negative goal differential yeah i tweeted be- out like i tweeted out um i want to say like last week and i think it's only gotten worse that they're on pace for negative thir- uh, 130 and then the coyotes were on pace for like negative 122 whenever i yeah. tweeted it out yeah and i think i what did i see was it i don't remember if it was last but they've given up something like it was who was it it was one of their b reporters was it arpon i can't quite remember who it was but they had like given up it was like I think it's something like 26 goals in the last four games or something. It was like some absurd like number of goals that they had allowed. We were, arg- I guess, to get to the, the point of this is that uh, Sean and I were slightly arguing about if the Canadians or Coyotes were worse this year um, and which one had maybe. But I think the point is that there are the Canadians, the Coyotes, the Sabres, even maybe like the Kraken too. Like there's just some, I mean, like there's some teams that are really, really on pace for some some numbers up there in like kind of the bad the bad numbers zone (laughs) um and uh i i personally think the coyotes are the worst team in the league this year but i think that if you look just at goal differential which is i think sean what you were arguing um the canadians really do have a good case for it for that you're not lying they the canadians in the last four games they the scores were two to they lost two to eight four to five 
two to seven and three to six. <laughs> so yeah, and, and have, those were not against like good teams either. No, it was against uh, Minnesota, Minnesota Anaheim, Wild. Minnesota yeah, so Anaheim, uh, Edmonton, and Columbus. Oh, that Minnesota so, game though was kind of like I haven't I didn't watch any of the other Canadians games, but like that was you. Did you see that clip of Kirill of Kaprizov just skating around the offensive zone? Did you see that? I mean, yeah, that didn't do anything. No, I know. No, I, I don't. Was, that's a pet peeve of mine. We're not going to yeah. go into that. Well, I would like to go into it because everybody was going crazy about it, and I tweeted was like, Kaprizov just skated around the offensive zone and then made a pass to to Dumba, who took like a 40, 50-foot slap shot. It's like, I mean, it didn't really do anything. Yeah. It was funny to watch, and I think it was more of an indic- in- indicative of how, like, of a, of a team like the Canadians that will let him kind of do that as more so than, like, I don't know. I guess it was just a funny thing that happened where that actually wasn't that, like um, – I, I don't know. Like, it didn't lead to a really great chance. It was just, like, a big slap shot from way far out that wasn't going to be a goal, probably. Um, the but, yeah. Fans went crazy. Fans were just, like, cheering, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it was funny, though. You don't was, see that very often, no, though. It was, it, but it was just silly. doing laps in but, the yeah, offensive the, zone. I mean, it's pretty impressive that we have, you know, this many just gloriously bad teams in the NHL right now. Like, <laughs> it's like it's, it's, and it's not even, like, I don't know much about, you know, we're not prospect people, but it's Shane Wright, right, is the – projected top pick double right like is he i haven't really heard much about him is he like considered like a mcdavid type prospect or is he just like your average run-of-the-mill first overall pick like i don't have a clue i mean probably somewhere in the middle i i feel like he got a um was it exception status uh he was able to play at 15 so like that's always a big barrier or a big barrier but like a big milestone for someone to hit right like i think Tavares was one of those. I don't know what Stamkos one of those. McDavid, like, there's only a few that are able to sort of get like an except, uh, exception status. Um, I'm sorry. Could you ex- could you explain what that means? I don't. actually. So you had to be like- uh, 16. So you know the draft age in the NHL is 18, right? Yeah. By like September, September 15th. 15th. Yeah. So it's like 16 by December 31st for the OHL. Oh, I see. Um, okay, okay. But he was able to get in like a year early. Oh, I see. Okay. And like you can't just like, if you're an OHL team, you can't just like draft like younger age players and then like wait on them. Like they have to be eligible to play. And so like it's, it's like some whole big process, I think, to be able to get some of these like really, really good um, 14 year olds to be able to, well, that are going to turn 15 to be able to, um, to play in the OHL a year early. Yeah, yeah, so it'll be interesting. I, I guess I was looking at the number one first overall picks to try to get an idea about where uh, uh, Shane Wright might fall. And I'm kind of thinking, well, he's not going to be McDavid or Matthews, I bet. Because maybe he will. Uh, I mean, I but there's only like one of those play. I feel like McDavid and Matthews are kind of the Ovechkin and Crosby of their of this era. In, like you the, mean in terms of just like in terms value? of like valued like that way. Like I don't know if we're going to have another mcdavid matthews caliber player for you know there you hasn't know. really been though looking at first overalls there hasn't really been like a big first overall bust in several years right i mean like yeah but there well, hasn't been any really good first overall picks yeah. has there i mean there's been like i, I mean would 17 probably, who, who let's go through the list like who was 17 yeah. nico uh nico, okay yeah, so he's and, good but he's not yeah he's and then not, like, exceptional who's Darlene okay is, yeah i know that, and then Jack We're Hughes, closing who's, in on it. Who, who's our guy, who I think has, I don't know, I think that uh, he's got some upside there. But, and he's what, he's 20 still? 
So, like, yeah, I don't know. That's a very – and then Lafiniere, who is still – now we're getting into, like, what, one year? Two Is this year two for him? I can't quite remember. Yeah, this is yes. year two. Two years, but, and then who was, who was 21? Owen um, Power. Who went yeah. before Byfield? Yeah, Owen Power. Owen, Owen Power. Who uh, has he played this year yet? I don't think so. Uh, oh no, Byfield was left right there. Who was two last year? Um, why don't we look it up? We have computers. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I just like, I think the draft. Honestly, look at us. We're we're draft people now. Luke. The the best the best thing about the draft that I'll ever I think was the what is it the twenty twenty draft when the unknown team was going to be getting. A top pick, wasn't it? Like, yeah, that's who was the second pick. Was Kra- the Kraken took? Yeah, uh, uh, Maddie Beniers, Ben Benny Beniers, Beniers, Beniers. See, this is it's it's just embarrassing. Oh, when we get, Luke, yeah, when we, we get to prospects, about, and oh, I have yeah. to, I don't even know if I'm saying Laf- Alexis Lafreniere. Is it Lafreniere? Lafreniere? Maybe it is. No, Lafreniere. it's Lafreniere. That's okay, what I, that's what I thought. But I was here. I think. I think was it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. Saying Lafreniere. It, yeah, but it's it's whatever. It I doesn't think matter. I think with like. Okay. Well, I think with like the French names, like you're just better off just admitting that you're not good at yeah. pronouncing them, right? Otherwise, oh, you just I, offend yeah. them. Yeah. Well, it's I, funny as as a uh, I didn't you know as music people of her background, you know I I I should have known that Giroux's first name is Claude, and not Claude, right? <laughs> I should because Claude Debu. <laughs> Claude Debussy is one of my favorite composers, and everyone says Claude Debussy. Claude Debussy. That's the American. But Sean, Sean's but, an intellectual and knows how to pronounce but yeah, French names. Yes. Right? So well, Claude. Claude yes. Yeah, I know. So, so and, and one of my favorite composers also is French-Canadian, Claude Vivier, and he's one of my favorite composers, and so then I felt smart pronouncing the first name of Claude as it you know is supposed to be pronounced anyway my my point getting back to we don't need to spend much more time embarrassing ourselves on prospect (laughs) but i think the last like i mean i don't know was yakupov yakupov maybe like the last like he was 2012 like the first overall that true bust well i don't know if you would call him even a true bust because he played for i don't know like it wasn't like uh the classic like i don't know who was the uh i'm trying to think i don't think there's a first overall pick that doesn't play but like Yakupov yeah. was out of league super quick. Like it yeah, yeah, yeah. Doubt about it. Yeah, I guess if you if you are looking if I'm looking back at every first overall in, in the last twenty years, I don't think there's been a single player who like I don't recognize and probably has played like four hundred games or something. Like I don't know how I don't know how much Yakupov ended up playing. Um, and then we get back into the nineties or the eighties, and I don't know players well enough to like actually have a good memory of what's going on. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't want to like. I'm still the jury is still out on Rasmus Dahlin, I think. Though, yeah. Because I think that he is and I don't want to ear anger Sabres fans, but like well, I don't know. Should, we we've But been... also it's like the Sabres and so it's like I feel like Eichel had some rough years at the start of his career too. And so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Dahlin's kind of next few years kind of look like. Um when I, I was mean, it I, Oh, sorry, go ahead, Sean. I'm gonna say, like at the end of the day, though, whether or not Dalian is good or not, I mean that was the Sabers really screwing up, eh? Like, yeah. No matter what, it's almost like taking a running back at the first round of the, uh, the NFL draft. You know, like a forward yeah. is almost always going to be better than a defenseman in terms of, like their absolute impact, and like that's exactly what Svechnikov, Svechnikov went and uh, went and did. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like, that's kind of the error at the end of the day. Like, you could debate Dalene all you want, and I know he was supposed to be, like, this prodigy, but, you know, a lot of smart people around that draft were saying, you got to go with Svichnikov, and Carolina just really was was gifted there. Although and I then will they went say, ahead and, and then and they got power last year. They just like didn't learn their lesson, I guess. And I think power's like good, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of Beneers or Johnson or any of the forwards that went afterwards end up just having significantly better careers. Here, let's so here, let's take a look at the twenty eighteen draft year. Go on to uh evolvinghockey.com. We'll take a look at the X Gar rates. Um, Sean's favorite. Sean's oh, favorite. Met oh no! Why did it go back? Why does it do that? When you swipe, give me a stall. Give me a stall with your two fingers in it. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Um, there's Dolene. So it actually, in total, Xgar summed for the, it's. It goes Svechnikov and then Dolene. Um, but First from, of all, I think it's Svechnikov. I think I think it's Svechnikov. Someone like from the Canes Svich? can. I think it's supposed to be Svechnikov. Svichnikov, is that how you would say it? We're, well, so I'm, I'm just doing. I think like, I'm pronouncing that correctly. I remember that from back in the day. I don't know if that's correct. Let us know in the comments or in Twitter or something. <laughs> yeah, but of the players <laughs> drafted in the 2018 draft class, uh, Darlene has played far more time on ice than anyone else. I mean, I guess that's because he's the defenseman. And then the two defensemen were Rasmus Darlene, Quinn Hughes, and Keandre Miller. Um, but if we go by, so if we go by raw. Xgar here. It's um, Svechnikov and then Dalene one two, and then I think Quinn Hughes. But I wow, but if over, we go over Hughes, yeah. But if we go rates now, yeah. But Hughes I, is one last season. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah so, yeah. but there's a huge disparity in time on ice played here because a lot of the, these players didn't get brought into the NHL as soon. So, <laughs> if we do a 1,000 minute time on ice cutoff, just this is basically like 60 games, which maybe is too small. But we have Evan Bouchard <laughs> is one. Rasmus Sandin, Adam Boquist, Oliver Wallstrom, Jesperi Kotaniemi, Noah Dobson, and then Sechnikov. So I don't know if that's too low of a cutoff. Um, I mean, I could probably go. I think it's probably more just indication that we maybe need a couple more seasons before yeah. we know kind of where things are going to. Yeah, I mean that that would make sense, out. but it, it does seem like um, I mean only. Seven players from that draft class have uh, over, like, have played more than two thousand minutes. So yeah, it is still, you know, still pretty, um, pretty early. But I guess maybe maybe Dolene's, you know, I, I think again, I was just saying, I think it's a little bit too early still to make any final, you know, kind of points about Dolene as a first overall bust. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's clearly not a bust. Um, it's just more of like, you know, is he going to be? I, I would say that he he looks to be a little bit more average than you would maybe want. Yeah, from a first overall. But then again, that's you're taking a defenseman first overall, which is probably incorrect most of the yeah. time. But um, I don't know. I feel like maybe we had to break because I don't want to talk about prospects anymore. I know. I don't know anything about yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sean rolls you, his eyes. I know. What are you gonna do when the draft comes? When we have I'm, draft well, episode? Here's the thing. I'm a Wild fan. The Wild never pick above like 15th. So I never have in my like life. The only time what's there is highest pick. Wasn't is it Dumbo who's fifth? Dumbo or was seventh overall. Seventh overall. So and it's like 2012. Yeah. And Brodeen was. I don't think Brodeen was. I think Granlin might have been like six or something yeah but the wild have never been in contention for like a top five draft pick really and so i 
in that's one of the reasons as is growing up a wild fan or actually not even really growing up becoming a wild fan when i was like 20 uh or 19 um i like defense and i don't really care about prospects because it never concerns the wild and that just stuck with me for yeah a long time. it was we were formed in <laughs> yeah, defensive we were, play we were, of miko koivu that's yeah. what our Hockey fandom was formed in. Yeah, that's that's and that's the mo- everybody else was out there watching superstars and <laughs> offensive showmanship and all this stuff, and we got to just watch just amazing uh, defensive play, impeccable. Are you defensive trying to tell play. me, Luke, that Koivu isn't a, a superstar? Because he's definitely a superstar in my in my in my eyes. Um, but yeah, take Sean, no, take, take us, yeah, take us to break, Sean, please. So we have an exciting message from our sponsor that we would love you to hear, and we'll be right back. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, regularized adjusted plus minus skater contract projections visualizations charts and much more visit evolving-hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber welcome back to the evolving hockey podcast i did not start that off with the word so yes thank you for the applause please please clap please clap (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to clap, eh? But um, <laughs> so we're, <laughs> I'm going back to the so. We were talking before the break about Claude Giroux. And as you know, Claude Giroux is probably the biggest trade deadline target right now. Or it seems like he's going to be a trade deadline target. So if you saw last week, um, Chuck Fletcher and Philadelphia's ownership as well had a um, like a press conference and they talked about a variety of different topics as they continued to lose hockey games, although they did win on Saturday against L.A. Please that- clap. Please clap. clap. There we go. <laughs> so, um, and, and within that, they decided that they would want to take, uh, that they'd want to resign Rasmus Ristolainen, or at least it seems like they do, which I wrote about that um, today. And then, um, which is just ludicrous to me, but whatever. We could address that topic differently. <laughs> yeah, we've talked separate. about Risto enough, I yeah. feel like. Um, but they also said that it's going to be up to Claude if he wants to go chase a championship this year. And I would assume that he's going to want to do that. So it's been speculated for a while now that, you know, there's probably every single team on it. And um, I think the favorite right now is, like, Colorado, I, I think he has to be they, the biggest trade target, right? Like he's still super valuable. How does Colorado need more? They, <laughs> they're going after Giroux now. I mean, they, they might as well. <laughs> I would say that. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Well, Luke, you you did a little. Uh, you yeah, made us well, wait I didn't twenty minutes Sean. for it us seemed to like start Sean was going <laughs> to. Sean, were you continuing to say something? I can't no, I want to hear what you had to say, Luke. Oh, I was he going to be saying, eligible for the Selkie? Uh, the Selkie. <laughs> I didn't prepare for that question. <laughs> um. I don't think that. I think I will. Started, first Sean. of all, I will say that I think Giroux is one of the most under, like from a big name player. I still think people don't understand how good Giroux has been in his career. It's kind of like um, well, some people do. I some think. people, well, Flyers fans do. But I, I will say, like seeing Giordano go not be a flame anymore, seeing Giroux in a different sweater would be very weird. 
um, kind of yeah. like Voracek in a different sweater. Yeah, but I, I would agree with you, though, Sean, is that I think that probably based on um, now, well, yeah, among anyone that I think would be available, uh, I think Giroux is probably the best of the players. Now, it depends on where you define available because, you know, for instance, Bergeron is up for a new contract this offseason. Um, yeah, and so you know, is... Uh, do you so think that, well, the, diff, very different scenario. I don't think uh, that Bergeron is going to be leaving Boston. I don't think that's possible but yeah you know there are some players i guess there are some i guess my point is some some nhl players who are probably better than Giroux who are uh, but i don't know i mean i mean it's kind of weird because i don't even know how old is Giroux now is he 33 i'm gonna guess 33 34 34 seems like he's been in the league for i don't 20, know sean you're an east years. coast hockey fan you should know this right yeah i don't i don't really remember wasn't he draft class of 2003 like everybody else no yeah <laughs> Uh, Are you, who's uh, he's, he's 34. 34. You, you, uh, you know what? My Wi-Fi is not. He actually yes. Right he actually just turned 34 like two weeks ago. Okay. So 33 was in my head. I mean, he's been so so. I will I will segue into that. I think yeah, Giroux is one of the um, the clear targets. Now I don't know. Um, well, I'll I'll just go. So I we have um, we for our contract data we get it from Cap Friendly. Um, you know. Shout out, out to Cap yeah. Friendly. They're incredible, amazing website. Every, I'm sure everyone visits them. But our, our cap, cap data that we get, contract data, is from Cap Friendly. And uh, just doing a, some research here, I, I did a quick quick pull-up of all um, active NHL players whose um, contract is ending this season, this is the last year, or next year. Um, and then I just did a just – this is just a quick – quick and dirty way to find some of the best available targets it's just i did, took the sum of gar and x gar or x bar tech converted into standing points uh over the last three seasons so that's starting in the 2019 2020 season and then last season and then this season currently as we stand and i just did an average of those so it's like prior two and a half season i mean it's kind of closer to just a two season sum but um and if we're looking at this uh, if we average those two numbers and look at kind of the players who could potentially be targets, uh, number one would be Joe Pavelski. Um, and he is, uh, his contract is done after this year. Um, now he is also, this is kind of where you get into like the Giroux uh, area where you have somewhat older players like kind of Bergeron. Yeah, although I don't. Pavelski's 37, I think. I yeah. Think. So I don't know. That's a very but so He's we have, still we, really good. yeah we have Joe Pavelski um, and most of these are RF or UFAs the top five are except for the next player which is Alex DeBrinket. Um and so that would be our next highest in this you know average kind of rating and he's an RFA obviously with Chicago um, and it seemed like the Blackhawks did have an interest in moving anyone on their roster but i think that that was um, corrected i'm pretty sure oh did the they because they I, should yeah. not trade to break i think <laughs> I, if i remember correctly there was a story that came out that said that that chicago was considering trading anyone including um to and then it was like later corrected to say that th- that was actually not the case so yeah. so that would be our um and then the next three we have johnny goudreau patrice bergeron and claude Giroux. um and then interestingly uh rupe hints is next um, and his his is done in 2023. Um, I believe he's still on like his one of his first contracts. He's only making like 950,000. Um, and then Barkov, uh, Jared McCann, 
<laughs> so, evolving yeah, hockey favorite. Our evolving hockey favorite, Jared McCann. I'm not sure if the Kraken are going to be interested in trying to deal some players at the deadline. I don't know why they would be buyers at this point. Um, I don't know if Jared McCann's value is very high, so like probably not. Um, but I would say that would be probably one of my top trade targets uh, right now. Um, Sean is looking at me in a very <laughs> confused way. Well, and so uh, so why don't you stop there, Luke? Because I pulled up a kind of a, uh, um, a comparison list based on like a couple different websites that I went and found, like big media. If that makes sense, Luke, is that okay? Yeah, okay, that's totally uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I saw you looking over at me. Oh no, I was trying sure to get a glimpse of your computer to see what you were what oh, you were working on. Here, here, no. come on, take a look. Take, take a, a look? look over here. No, uh, so I pulled up by uh, NBCSports.com, Yahoo. Dot com and then uh, the fourth period, uh, their recent top like twenty list from that all came out within the last like week or two, um, or somewhere around there. And all three of these uh, sites have uh, Jacob Chikrin as the number one trade target for the off season currently. Um, I think a lot of it, like I'll read Yahoo's uh, for the off season. Um, so these are off. No, seasons? sorry, trade deadline. No, okay. no, 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 no. This is trade deadline targets that are recently written on big media sites. Uh, this is. Um, this is Yahoo's synopsis of, of Chikorin. Um, he's 23. He has a 4.6 million cap hit right now. And he's a UFA in 2025. Uh, it says Chikorin is a legit top four defenseman in the prime of his career. He's a talented offensive player, logs well over 20 minutes per game, and contributes to special teams. One concerns, concern is his injury history. He's never played more than 68 games in a season. The price for Chikorin reportedly is Jack Eichel-like, which would be an NHL player, Ooh, a top prospect, a first-round pick, and another quality pick. So that's kind of the sentiment among these three sites. Um, and then, uh, so I don't know, we could talk about Chicker and Luke. You didn't mention him at all. Well, so I don't think that his his contract goes for a while. It does. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. that didn't include kind of in the filter. It's kind of hard to, like, do a quick filter here because I would assume that most of what I was talking about is teams – trying to trade players that they're not going to yeah. have space to, to sign. Also, there's um, the other thing is I think that there's it's been reported. I mean, Chikorin's been kind of on the quote-unquote block for the whole season, it seems yes. like, at least the last like. I two mean, months. also, it's kind of looking at, you know, now I would also say another top defenseman I would probably take over that is Shane Gostisbehere because his he's going to be a free agent. <laughs> and, you know, everyone knows how much we like we like Shane Gostisbehere on this podcast. But, um, yeah, that is an interesting – I mean, I've heard of, yeah, Chikorin's yeah. name – I mean, we were like we used to be. <laughs> I don't want to say a lot higher on Jacob Chikrin, but it kind of does seem like a lot of his value was from a very extreme high end variance in shooting. Uh, which you know, I'm not going to say that uh, that's an issue with our model, uh, as Sean <laughs> wants me to say. <laughs> but I will say that sometimes it does appear that every now and then there are some defensemen who just go on a crazy shooting bender, which extremely and it inflates their value to a degree that is not repeatable um, in certain situations. Now, I think we've seen that. I mean, historically, Brent Burns, Morgan Riley, Darnell Nurse, Kale McCarr, Kale McCarr this season, <laughs> you know, everybody, he's like a very uh, front runner, but a lot of that is, um, I mean, we don't need to get into the, <laughs> we're not going to argue. About we're not going to talk about that, but I'm just saying that I think that Jacob Chikorin, I mean, I would not, I think, uh, asking for an Eichel like return. I mean, the coyotes should get everything they can for him, but like, that seems kind of outlandish to me, but uh, I mean, he's, I he's going to Columbus, right? Like there's not a doubt about it. I don't know. Is that, is that what the current kind of rumor is? I mean, I think it's kind of going on in the background, but that's just kind of what makes sense. Right. Okay. Yeah. They're just going to take, 
basically like their Seth Jones return and flip it for Chikrin. Yeah, I mean that seems to make uh, yeah that that seems like it would make sense. Although I'm not really sure is Columbus. I mean, that's just kind of that's like a Yarmo's mo, right? Like Yarmo's yeah, yeah. not going to tank, and you, yeah, like Yarmo's not sitting back with this season and sitting, you know, and just like gonna give it a rest. I mean, like, but he's like, just gonna go who? Yeah, but like if the Blue Jackets think they're gonna be good like next year or in two years, like I mean, is that because you, you're playing? You're trading for a 23 year old defenseman. I don't who think is, they can be. They can afford to be bad in that market. I think that's yeah. more of the issue. Yeah. And I think Yarmo, yeah. like, say what you will. I don't agree with all of his decisions every time. Um, like, I don't think that Dubois trade was very good because um, I was never high on line A. Yeah. But, like, he's trying to do his best in that market. He loves the market, and he's trying to do what he thinks is best. And he went for it in, what was it, like, 2019 uh, when he went and acquired like Matt Duchesne at the deadline, yeah, yeah. like when they, their last year, of Pan, uh, their last year of Panarin and Bobrovsky, like he just went all in. Like that's just Yarmo's mo. So yeah, yeah. I think it's almost like the Minnesota Wild in a sense, where like they would rather be mediocre than yes. really bad. <laughs> I think that's kind of like the Columbus Blue Jackets yeah. right now. Like they just don't want to be really bad because it's it that market can't support it. Expansion yeah. siblings, the Wild yes. and, and uh, Blue Jackets are you know the same yeah, yeah. same the same team. No, I'm well aware of a, a team like the Wild that just said we want to win a playoff. You know, we want to get and get we want to get five or six playoff games in one round. That's kind of like been the Wild for every year. Um, I guess that makes sense with with Chikorin. I just think um, it's a bit of a it's a pretty risky uh, if you're going to give up that kind of uh, those kind of assets for somebody like Chikorin, but. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe market I'm, change. I'm um, trying to see what other like defensemen could potentially be available. Like, I mean, on the list I have. Well, here. So should okay. I keep going in my in yes. my my media list? Just, yes, just keep going. So the number two player on that, it's kind of up in the air. Now we start to kind of get. Well, I guess I'll just say this because this is kind of high. Is Ben Sherratt, who is uh, another defenseman uh, that seems to be um, very much on the market now. Also, Jeff Petrie from the Canadians uh, has been. I think it was maybe I just today or yesterday. Yeah, I saw today that he requested a trade. Um, and both players have been exceptionally bad this year. Now, I think that goes to uh, maybe says more about the Canadians in general than the players specifically. But also, um, I don't really know what teams see in Ben Chirot. Uh I was going to say he comes up in the list I had, and he was the worst player on the list. <laughs> um, so just behind uh, Nathan Bellew, Rasmus Ristolainen, Keith Yandel, Lieber Hijack, Erica Branson, Robert Hag, Jack Johnson. That's kind of like at the bottom of that expiring contracts this year and next year. So, yeah, I have, I've heard that about Ben Schrott. I don't know if it's just Montreal trying to drive up interest in a, their player. No, or... there's, there's people, most people around the league think he's pretty good. Yeah, and I don't know, like I don't, some of these <laughs> don't like, see it. Like some of these, some of these write-ups. Like this is uh, the fourth period. Sherrod will be a highly coveted player leading up to the trade deadline. He's in the final years of contract, looking to bolster their blue line. Will be calling, especially after his solid performance during Montreal's run in the twenty-one twenty-two Stanley Cup final. Oh, there you no. go. Yeah, you know, but like, ask, was it a solid performance or did well, he I'm, just log a lot of minutes? I mean, I mean it's the Seth Jones is, paradox. But are, he was just our GMs like. <laughs> Yeah, I just is anybody gonna learn that? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, to, to be fair, I don't think at the end of the day that Ben Schrott's like one of the absolute worst defensemen in the league. I think he's probably like a bottom no. pairing defenseman. 
Um, but I would say like we it, we have him as a career below replacement level player. He was really not good in Winnipeg, and he had one good kind of good season in Montreal, and he then he returned back to normal. And so it's like I would say so not to completely sorry, cut you Sean, off. I there. didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. Yeah, were, you were rude to Sean. Luke. I was. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sean. I apologize. No, I was gonna. It, this this NBC article and I've seen this elsewhere is like it seems like they're looking for a first though for for Sherrod. Oh, that's I think what I, would, I, I think they could fetch it, which is to me absurd. It's like the same thing of like you know getting a first for Risto, right? Like I it just like why and they got it. Go, <laughs> I, know, yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. It's like GMs keep doing this, and it's funny because it's like if you're you know if, if you're trying to trade Sherrod, you know that you can get probably a first for him because Risto just got uh, you know got Buffalo a first. Um, and so it's like I don't really understand why this keeps happening, but it will. It seems like it will continue to happen. Yes. So uh, I don't know if it, I, who knows. I, mean, I, I I don't know. I, guess I know I Canadians re- fans are going to be mad at us for I like know. <laughs> for like putting it out there that we think that Ben Sherrod is like. I don't think any team should trade for him, but. I apologize, but I don't uh, think our influence is not going to be that wide-reaching as to prevent yeah. the Canadians from getting a first-round pick for Ben Chirot. Now, if if that doesn't end up being true, then, yeah, I guess that, okay, maybe somebody took a little bit of a peek listening here. <laughs> yeah, they, but, yeah, we had some influence there. But, uh, no, and then the next on the list, I guess it's another – kind of this is consensus. I'm not going in the exact order. It's uh, uh, Klingberg in Dallas Yeah, um, or in, in, in for the Stars, uh, which – um, that's been reported as he asked for a trade, I believe, uh, um, and he is up for a new contract this offseason uh, or in 2022. Um, kind of been, I mean, we mentioned this before we started recording, but uh, he's, well, Sean, you said he's kind of, you know, his down, his down. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, his decline is co- kind of correlates with, with uh, a new GM, coach, new coach. Coach, new bonus. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he carries the puck. I, we don't have, like, the micro stats, if you will, to back it up. I'm not sure what Corey's data looks like. It seems like he touches the puck significantly less. He was, like, a puck-dominant player, like Roman Yossi. And then I think Bonus doesn't exactly like that. Like, I could see Klingberg having a revival with some coach that, like, let him do stuff. Like You know, I could see Klingberg being really good on the Avalanche. Like I was about just, to say the Avalanche. I was about to yeah. say Florida, really, though. Yeah. I think Florida would be a good place. The only thing is they have uh, Ekblad as their sort of yes. top defenseman. So, like, he sort of ends up being a second part. But I think Florida would really work out well. Um, Vegas, maybe. I don't think yeah. Vegas could fit it in, but I don't I don't know. Yeah. I what mean, is his what current contract? There? Well, it's four. I think it's pretty cheap, actually, for, like, that kind of defense. Like, four two five, I think. Yeah, something. he took like a I, massive discount, which is like part of the whole thing. He took a yeah. huge discount, and then now it's his time to get paid. And um, and I kind of agree with the stars that you just don't pay a defenseman like this mega contract when he's what's he like twenty eight now or something? Uh, yeah, twenty nine maybe I think. Yeah, so he's yeah. like he's getting older. So yeah, you don't give them these mega contracts. I do agree. It's kind of like a yeah. Tony Krug thing. But what about what about Klingberg on the Leafs? <laughs> <laughs> what what do you think? I was um, going to say the the Canes. I thought was uh, yeah, the Hurricanes would be another. I think he might be you know, pretty good on. But well, he's right shot, right? Klingberg. Yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. the other thing. It's like where does he fit in on? Like the Canes have. Well, I mean, they could. You know, I, I think any team. I actually think that Klingberg is maybe one of like in a new system, like you said, Sean. I think he's like could absolutely be a good add to a team that is maybe willing to utilize his his strengths in a way that maybe aren't being utilized. You know, right now in Dallas. you know, it's a dark horse team, Winnipeg. 
Winnipeg. I don't think they would trade yeah. him within division. Yeah. That'd be very yeah, they interesting probably one to me. That'd be yeah. a very interesting yeah. one. I feel like he's going to go to the East. I have a feeling he's going to go to the East. I mean, but honestly, like right now with the playoff race, it seems like it's kind of the West that's like really there's going to be clear people who are trying to buy. I mean, well, I don't know. Is well, it more the teams that are like locked into playoff spots that are going to be buying? Or is it teams that are fighting to get into playoff spots that are going to be buying? I, what I do you think? Is both? it going to be? Because the Maybe? East is like the top four in each division is like pretty much set, right? It's like, I mean, it's it's there's not a whole lot of, you know, possibility for other teams to make it at this point. I'm not really sure. I don't really know what team's going to be the biggest buyer at the deadline. But I mean, I think the Panthers make a lot of. I I, I could see them making a big push for somebody like Klingberg, but um, I could see I Boston know. trying to make a big push. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think it's Klingberg. But yeah, what are they going to trade for for Klingberg and then and then let McAvoy walk? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is McAvoy up for a new contract here? Didn't he just resign? He'd uh, sign no. a two year bridge. Oh that's uh, right. no, okay. but he extended over this over the. I should clarify, yeah. he did extend his contract. Would have been up. Um, yeah, he did sign a two-year bridge before, but his yeah. new contract will kick in next year. Yeah, 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 and it was like a bargain deal, like only like nine five, I think. Or, Wasn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember future contracts. Man, yep. it's wild how that feels like it was so long ago. This last offseason. Anyway, okay, moving on to the next player. That's kind of consensus. Um, I guess I mean, this is pretty high in one of these lists on uh, on NBC Sports is uh, Hurdle from the Sharks. Yeah, I was going to say Tomas Hurdle um, would be a, who is up this offseason would He's be an absolute. Like I would be targeting Hurdle if the yeah. if the Sharks are willing to to let go of Hurdle, I would that would be my two top targets. Would but be the, the Sharks are kind of still fighting for that last spot, aren't? I mean, don't they still kind of think that they're maybe in the race there? Or are they too far out? I can't quite remember. I mean, um, I think our projections they're. I think they're maybe closer. I think part of the hurting. issue is he does he. I don't think he wants to resign there. Yeah. Yeah, and. A lot of this is internal stuff that we don't obviously know. I haven't really heard a lot about Hurdle. He's just on. I, I've seen um, his name a little bit here and there, but he's we also have, like, currently really we, good. we have the Sharks at a six percent chance to make the playoffs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what the current standings are. The West has been kind of weird this year, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean the Oilers are up to almost seventy-one percent, and then we have basically the the Kings, Ducks, Stars, and Jets fighting it out for the wild card. Okay. Um, so I mean, I could see Hurdle uh, absolutely, you know. Going. No, 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 that doesn't make any sense. That's not how that works. Yeah, it is. Did Never you feed mind. me bad information? Luke? No, you're forgetting I always... about the well, the Flames and the um, Knights will lock in their division spots. Yes, so, yes, yeah. that's what you meant. Yeah, so it's the first top three: Avalanche, Wild, Blues in the Central, and then the Predators making the first wild card spot from the Central, and then Knights, Flames, Oilers, ki- Oilers, kind of. They're at like seventy one percent, and then we have three, basically four teams right now that are fighting for the last wild card spot in the West, which is the Stars, Jets, Ducks, and Canucks. No, 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 sorry, <laughs> Stars, Jets, Kings, and Ducks. Um, that is what kind of where it stands right now. So it would be interesting. I, I think the Sharks should just they should try to get as much as they can for Hurdle. I think he has a, has value um, that other teams potentially recognize. Um, I also think, I mean, I don't know, like, why are the black like the Blackhawks could get a haul for Debrinket, right? Well, yeah, but they also well, yeah, but you I have guess to it keep, depends. You have to. I know you. Yeah. This you is can't. like what we talked about yeah. like last time. You can't just go like 
full on. At a certain point, you have to try yeah. to win, and you need to keep yeah. like, your well, core but, pieces around. Unless yeah, how long are they going to hold on to Taves and Kane? Because they're not going to win until who's going to take Taves and I know, Kane. I know, but I'm saying that like, why would they? Like, they're just going to keep losing. I bet the Blackhawks could trade Kane. I bet a team would trade. Yeah, but you like, have, don't you with think? his full salary? I mean, he might have a full new move, no move though. I'm just saying, like, it's that's like a. I bet a team would trade for Kane right now. Like, there's a team that thinks that Patrick Kane is still the player he was. I think there's a market ago. for both of them. I just yeah. think you're gonna he have does to retain have a, salary. He does have a full new move. No yeah. move. So how many more years does he have? Like four. He five? has next year. Oh, so okay. At ten and a half million, he's got one more year after. Anyway, this. sorry, we're getting off track here because I need to keep going through these list of players that I have because <laughs> there's a couple more that are interesting. Uh, but I did. I cut. Did anyone have a final thought on Hurdle? I I think. Uh, what no, about absolutely. what about what about Hurdle on the Wild? Oh, <laughs> I don't think they have. They don't have the room to I, sign him. I know. So that's just my fandom. Well, and the, the other Hurdle thing to... is that is that Wild fans are going to be very disappointed about the you know Kevin Fiala situation. And I don't know. What do you mean disappointed? Well, maybe I won't say my opinions on the matter then. <laughs> I, I could see Hurdle. I don't know what the sal- again. I don't know what salary cap situations are looking like and whatever uh, on the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could use him. <laughs> yeah, they could. <laughs> they, they could use a. Uh, a st- when you a have forward. Igor like going like he is right now, like you just yeah. have to give it your all. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it would have been like destroyed you know, even strength. The Rangers, it would have been nice if they had Buchnevich. That would have been nice. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, imagine having Buchnevich and Hurdle. We just together. never have. There's never an opportunity for us to not mention Buchnevich and the Rangers. Yes. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, I don't know if we want to cut co- like there's like four Coyotes players on these lists because they're like all thoughts. I mean, I think that the only other ones I identified other than Gostas Bear, um, I think like Connor Murphy maybe as like a potential, but that was looking at defensemen. I don't okay. even know what they're. Well, I'll just throw another like. one out that's been that's kind of high on some of these lists is like Giordano um, on the Kraken now. I think that's kind of more of that like classic trade. For I mean, are they going to trade defenseman. their captain? Well, I don't know. He's listed on, like, on all three of these lists. Like, in, like they're the going to trade 10. their first captain that they took I, in the extent. I mean, well, he only didn't he sign one one year. Yeah, he's he's up. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a uh, you know um, that's a, I'm just mentioning that I'm mentioning Giordano. Uh, but I guess we'll skip to because how much time are we at? Do we have more time to ramble just about go. this? Or are we getting close? Just go. Okay. Just go. One that's not that's on I think almost all three of these lists involving hockey cla- uh, f- uh, favorite this year. Can you guess who I'm gonna say here? Vince Don? No. Jared McCann? No. Uh, Gosses Bear? No. You, we've already <laughs> talked about Gosses. I know we have. <laughs> Nick Benino. No, not Nick Benino. Arturi Lekkinen. Oh, oh yeah. Selkie favorite. Uh, who is going to be an RFA this offseason. Oh, I absolutely would trade for Lekkonen. He's, he's making $2.3 million. He's yeah, only but 26. Is there anybody, uh, are they like interested in trading him? I mean, I don't know. He's on these lists. Let me see what this says. I mean, uh, every, nobody thinks that he should win the Selkie other than us. And Although other, I did. He's got like 10 points in the last six games, so he's he's making a case for the Selkie in the <laughs> general. Uh, yeah. But no, I'll... I'll I'll, to answer your question, Sean, I'll read like a blurb here. This is from NBC Sports. Um, Lekkonen will be an RFA this summer, so the Canadians don't have to move him before the deadline. But if a team offers a first-round pick, Montreal should strongly consider moving him. Lekkonen's defensive talent is a shutdown forward, and penalty killer made him make him an intriguing trade target for contenders. Who wrote that so, article? Uh, on NBC, this is uh, Nick Goss. 
I don't know who that is. Do you know? I don't know either. He wrote but the one on. He wrote the one on Yahoo too. I'm reading the same author's shout list. Shout out There's, to shout out to Nick then though. That that is a good a uh, that Nick. A good how do you spell him? I'm glad that's getting mainstream. Yeah, uh, Nick Goss G O S S. I also don't unfortunately know who this is either. Um, you know my. Twitter... Oh, this is the same blurb on NBC and Yahoo. Uh, so I, <laughs> I guess I just the list is slightly different though. They're not the same list, but it's by the same author. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i i think lekin i it, it, he's not like a high i don't think a lot of people outside of us are really like paying but i think like a, i mean are, if you're trying to get more depth he yeah right like lekin is not going to command a huge contract this offseason i doubt it i mean no. i don't know we haven't done our new contract projections i don't know what his projection was for last year here let me do a quick projection winnipeg winnipeg why are you having everybody go to the Jets? <laughs> Eventually, they have to learn how to win, too. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think Lekkonen would be... I mean, I think he would be a good fit on any team that's kind of... Well, Leafs? Leafs? Trade yeah, but they're not going to trade him to the Leafs. I know they're not going to trade him. I mean, they did, they did uh, trade Rangers? the other... He would be good on the Rangers, guy. I bet. Yeah. The Rangers add some defense. Add some well, defense? That's one yeah, of the but... things they're... Their depth is like their big issue right now. Yeah. I would argue the Rangers. I well, mean, yeah, because like, they well, have a lot of other things. That's not too. the power play or goaltending. Yeah. And they're goaltending. Yeah. They, yeah. Don't Basically, they have a good aren't they decent shorthanded? Like I outside of goaltending too. I think they might be, but any anything outside of Shisterkin, Fox, Kreider, and Sabanajad, and maybe Lindgren. Like I, I like I think that they that everyone else is. Because let's of see, just, let's see some of the worst defensive teams at even strength that are kind of in the playoff hunt here let's just go to our wrap i mean lekkanen is the kind of like under the radar kind of player that a team could get like you i mean throw lekkanen on the third line for to beef up like a you know kind of a shutdown type so role. Of, like, of like the top contenders the the teams with currently the worst uh xga per 60 per our team ev team wrap regressions um we have the golden knights the hurricanes the blues the rangers so in that order as worst. Yeah. So outside of the Rangers, I don't think I'd categorize them as bad at defense. I think they just play play a fast pace, and I don't think you're bringing in Lekkonen to reduce your pace. Because outside of the yeah. Rangers, they all outshoot their or all expected out expected goals their opponents, right? <laughs> out chance. Out, out chance. chance. Yeah. Well, they're not yeah. out expected goal. Out quality, out whatever quality. you want to call it. Yeah, like the, I, I would. The, the Hurricanes yeah. are like probably like, in, in my opinion, are like outside of maybe like the Bruins, like the best defensive team in the NHL. They just play yeah, defense differently. They just play defense differently. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Wild decided to get fun and yeah. not the defensive team they they used to be. But I don't know. Lekin I mean, on, on the Wild. Lekin on the Wild. I would say <laughs> currently the team with the worst Corsi differential at, from a Rapham EV team standpoint is the Predators and the Jets. And the Wild. Um, now, the Wild have always historically been a, a better expected goals team than they have been a Corsi team, although their XG differential isn't quite that great. But Luke's I would say, now going to explain why the Wild are st- are, <laughs> stats don't are line stats. But if we're looking at this right, a team that could use some beefing up on their on their defensive side, I think the Oilers would definitely be an option. Um, I mean, I don't think the Oilers with their current management structure would be trading for a player like Lekkonen, but who knows? Um, and, but I would say like Predators, Jets, yeah, Capitals even, um, you know, a team like that, that's looking for more depth. I think the Oilers specifically because that, you know, they could 
do to have a deeper team behind McDavid and Drysaddle. I think that that would be uh, something. Yeah. But. I think that's yeah. I don't know if you think the Canadians would ever trade with the Oilers. Maybe. Here's a here's I mean, what I, I here's what's going to happen. Lekkinen, he's going to move from Montreal to uh, the Golden Knights and then win the Selkie. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Lekkinen is moving. Yeah. Okay. I mean, by the way. Uh, so let's do. <laughs> that's Sean's take. One last one is a Sean. Uh, a Sean player that's on a list. I think I skipped over Heinen. No, it's not really a Sean player. I'm just kind of. It kind of is. Uh, is DeBrusque, um is listed on this because he's as a, in Boston. Yes, that's. I don't think he's. Sean. I don't think he's moving. You don't think so? I think like you could almost treat that for the Bruins like a trade deadline acquisition, okay. and unless he's moving for a bigger piece, right? Like, yeah. So if he's moving as part of a trade deadline deal, then yes. Um, if he if it just doesn't work though, I don't think yeah the Bruins are really gonna move him. He's not like a problem in the room or anything. Like it just became public that he wants a trade. But okay. like imagine how many players probably would like to be traded that like it never comes public. Yeah, so I've always wondered yeah. that like how that happens. Like it, I mean, obviously it can be publicly announced, but sometimes it seems like it leaks or something. I, I don't ever really know how that happens. I mean, like if you talk about Hurdle again, like that would probably be a good fit for him, maybe. Yeah. Play with Bergeron and uh, Marshawn, and then you have Pasternak and Hall on the second line still, and then you yeah. move like Craig Smith down to like the third line with Coyle. But um, you know, so I could see him going to San Jose as part of a deal for Hurdle. Okay, but yeah, I don't see him sense. being like uh, like a player that you'd get like picks back for, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm that's just uh, somebody I knew that you would know about that is listed on these lists. Trying to think, I think that's pretty much it. The only other players um, that are here are like Phil Kessel and Lawson Grouse well, so for the Coyotes. I, I will say just to kind of wrap this up, the players that I didn't hear about. We, I mean, we already talked about. But if I had to say one player that maybe is going under the radar, and it would again, Ooh, it would let's be hear it. Jared McCann. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jared Nash. No, I wasn't. Oh, he's on the, this list, like way down on one of these. But he lives for defense. I know. When I thought, is his I contract up? Uh, well, he's on. doesn't matter. He's super cheap. <laughs> yeah, uh, Riley but Nash is. You think you think anybody could? Uh, I'm just trying to think of any other players. Like most of the players on their contract. McCann's not going to move either. Like he's like basically yeah. the Kraken's best player now. If Kerfoot was there, they'd probably be in the playoffs right now. But <laughs> he's like their best he'd, player. He'd fix all of the goaltending woes, woes in Seattle. Yeah, he if, would. Uh, I'm trying to think of other players that like might be on the block. Like, I mean, there's a couple other that I didn't mention that are that are a little bit higher. Like, like I said, Couturier's up too. Yeah, is he really? Couturier's not up, bud. He signed an extension. Get... Okay, Stop yeah, I have. We got a little bit of data work to do here. <laughs> He's part so... of the young core of the this is, Flyers. This is Did why you not John's see here. that. Did you not I see don't... that as part of like I the didn't. press conference? What about Pulyarvi? Pulyarvi, they're not trading Pulyarvi. No. Is he up? Now you're just naming names. This is like the Selkie. No. <laughs> it's like your Selkie voting. This is the underrated, over underrated uh, player uh, episode as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, uh, so yeah, it, the only other players that I think are, it, like I said, is like the the um, like the Arizona players that are you know because Arizona yeah. is just I think assumed that they're going to ship anybody if they can. So like Phil Kessel, I don't really know. Phil Kessel doesn't really seem to be like much of a you know doesn't move the needle for any team. Actually, probably makes most teams worse. Yeah. Um, and I don't. He's also. I mean, the Canadians could trade for Phil Kessel just so that they ensure they get the worst 
pick. I mean, the best pick in the draft. <laughs> well, you know, he makes basically he makes six point eight million too. So it's like you, you need. Well, to and also the Coyotes don't they have to hit the cap floor? Isn't yeah. that kind of why they they traded for like Kessel in the uh, first place? I don't no, actually I remember. That, like at that time, like they, they, they to wanted compete. Kessel. Yeah, they yeah. wanted Kessel at the time. So anyway, that's a list. I think I don't know, Sean. Did we miss any players that you've heard of that aren't that we didn't talk about? Yet? JT Ekholm? Miller. No. Oh, JT Miller. Yeah, he wasn't on. These is that because I just have the same author for two of these. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Canadians are like <laughs> uh, Canadians. The Canucks are like uh, just a bit of a wild card here. I think it's Miller Horvat. Like there's like a breakup there, isn't there? Like there's some drama in the house, and then like, Garland's know. also been floating around. So well, but Miller's got two years left, doesn't he? Or one year after this? Yeah, I but think. like I think it's just been a disaster. I think like I don't know. It's a yeah, tough and, market to play in. And then Garland, he just signed a contract with them, didn't he? Didn't he try, sign an extension? And, like, so why I, is he back in talks? I don't I, – I don't, Is he in talks? That's, like, one of their better well, players. He, yeah, he just signed an extension uh, with Vancouver back in July. So I, he's, I, got, he's I, got five years. I will say that our models have never really liked JT Miller, uh, and <laughs> that would not be a Well, player. they haven't hated him. Mm-mm. I think maybe – Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying from a was, top – he was good like Blair. three years ago, bud. Yeah, but that was three years ago. His his first year on the Canucks. It's not even three years ago. His first year on the research. Canucks. His last year in Tampa. He's just fallen off like in the COVID world, and um, like that also kind of again correlates to like all this locker room drama. Because you remember, like, last year, like, he really was, like, outspoken about how he wasn't very happy about what was going on. And then, like, Horvat, like, was, like, the quote-unquote, like, silent leadership style. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't I don't follow to I, any. I'm too, like, mentally healthy to follow the, <laughs> to, to follow the Canucks drama. No, I, Although I, now uh, that Bruce is there, like, they're, they're going to be likable. He's, he's yeah, you're guy. right. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah, well, no, thinking of like oh, that right? wasn't a guess. that wasn't in doubt ever. <laughs> Look, I have to keep track of all of these different players. Eight I can't be expected players. to know everything about all these players at all times and when they were good <laughs> and when they weren't good. I don't know what you're talking. Are you thinking of maybe like another Canucks player that like yeah, fans, like I, Bo Horvat or somebody? You know, like they that? have a couple players that have like the same name. I don't know. <laughs> don't in my in name. my head, they like. <laughs> Have the same name as as like I don't know why it's the it's, same identity. They're all Canucks like who, players. Like, yeah, they're all like they're Canucks players. Yeah, and I don't know why, but they just blend together in my head for some yeah. reason. Okay. Anyway, I I think yeah. we should we should end this segment. Yeah, I think that's the end of a segment. Yeah. So last week we did promise a special guest, and that special guest unfortunately had a last second plan. I think this week we'll have a special guest. I don't know if we confirmed it with them yet. But yeah, maybe stay tuned to see if we have a second second episode this week. <laughs> yeah, keep your eyes on the Twitter or any of the places you listen to your podcast to see if we have a podcast out yes. with a special guest sometime <laughs> in the future. Yes, <laughs> at any point. If we'll not, we'll be, we'll be we'll yeah. be back next week. 